It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 295? Yeah, 295 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, March 15th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode. Make sure you check out the Locked On Podcast Network as well. Uh, Team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. you got Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA with David Locke. You can go to the NFL side and get shows for all 32 NFL teams. You can get the NFL Draft Show with that coming up. Uh, and if you have a team that you're specifically interested in, whether it's a team you root for or a team that's just got a lot going on, say you're a Seattle Seahawks fan or, or you like the Seattle Seahawks, you're interested in Richard Sherman and what's going on there, go check out Locked On Seahawks with Grant Goldberg and Spike Friedman and uh, leave them a rating or review on iTunes and you can do it with us. Find Locked On Raptors on iTunes. Leave a rating, leave a review. It takes no time at all. Uh, and it's the best way to support the show, show that you care. It's no money or time really out of your pocket, so please do it. Uh, and I thank you in advance for taking the time. All right, on today's show, uh, I'm joined by Vivek Jacob. We're just going to kind of bounce around a few things. How's it going, buddy? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, all is well in Raptorland. Nine straight, going for ten straight uh, against the Indiana Pacers. So looking forward to that one. Yeah, I feel pretty great, other than the fact that my body is broken from yesterday playing in the media uh, basketball game. Oh yeah, how was that? Uh, so for those who aren't aware, the Raptors uh, PR staff, the lovely PR, or MR staff, the lovely uh, group of people who run all the media relations for the team, put together a Raptors media pickup game, and it was certainly a thing. <laughs> um I, I've never run, we played like seven, seven minute games and then like one last nine minute game. So it was like 58 minutes of running time essentially. And the teams were like eight people deep. So, uh, I don't think I've ever run that much in a short amount of time, but, uh, I, I feel terrible today, but also feel good. It was fun. Um, Megan McPeak, unfortunately ruptured her Achilles while playing. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, not the best, but other than that, no one got terribly hurt. Uh, it was a it was a good time all around. Um, well, I don't know, Dan Reynolds. Oh, what? Uh, so uh, I think okay. So we played the seven game series of seven minute games, and I'm pretty sure it, like ended after that. So our, my team ended up winning four uh, three in the in the first seven games. My team consisted of Dan Reynolds, who was the captain um, and who is just the most demonstrative player in the world. He is very much just Chris Paul. It's ridiculous um, in pickup basketball with people who don't really care. Uh, we had Bruce Arthur. He was like he's like <laughs> six foot five, so he's an enormous dude. Uh, nice to have him on the team. We had Gareth Wheeler, who was an offensive rebounding monster. We had Ryan Wolstat, who was pretty much just a Gareth Wheeler clone. Um, we had uh, one of the guys from the Open Gym Crew, Sohill. We had. Uh, Megan was on our team, so we were shorthanded when Megan went down. That, that sucked a lot. Um, and then we had who else did we have? Oh, Alex Wong, who was just out there telling us to pull up from wherever we wanted to and being the most inspiring teammate of all time. So yeah, it was a good time. Uh, we ended up winning the seven game series. 
we lost the last game, but I don't really know if we were counting that one because it was a different amount of time and stuff, and people kind of quit after the seventh game. But, um, yeah, no, it, it was a good time all around. Dan Reynolds, though, man, that dude, very, very serious about his basketball. Is he now? Yeah, it's... it's uh, I've heard some things. Yeah, he's... Uh, Demonstrative is the is the word that comes to mind. Chris Paul esque is the. I mean, he made a joke that he's just Lakers Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> just like ripping into his teammates, and he's he's not wrong. He he, he will rip into his teammates. Um, yeah, the other team consisted of like Blake Murphy, Eric Kareen, Dwayne Watson was on that team. Uh, who else? Uh, Marty Paul and Dave Zarum from Sportsnet. I'm sure you know those guys. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a good competitive. Uh, it was right back and forth. It was close. It was fun. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen again for a while because of the injury to Megan and also the fact that we're all just broken human beings after it. But uh, it was a great time, and thanks to the Raptors media relations staff for putting that on. Um, we can move on from the media game scouting report, though, if we want, uh, into some Raptors stuff. Uh, Raptors play the Pacers tonight. They are the Pacers are a surprisingly good team still. It's still going on. They're forty and twenty eight. It's very weird. Um, they have like two good players, I guess, and the rest are just like oh, they're, they're like decent guys, I guess. Like they're fine, um, but they're they're playing really well. They're kind of I think at this point you you can't. I mean, it's kind of established that they're just good now, right? Like, is there any are, are there still like questions for you as to whether or not the paces are legit or are you, are, they, are you just accepting that they're goodness now i'm skeptical of what they can be in the playoffs they've got a lot out of you know boyan bogdanovich um and i don't know if that's something that will carry over to the playoffs um they've shot 37 percent from three on the season mm-hmm. i don't know if that's something that'll carry over to the postseason as well and the other thing with them is uh Oladipo, his three-point shooting has really plummeted since pretty much January. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to look up his numbers right now. But, I mean, I think he had an entire month where he was sub-30%. So, um, it's pretty incredible that they've been able to keep up the winning uh, without that. So, let's see here. Three-point percentage. Uh, so, he shot pretty much over 40% through October, November, and December. Right. January... 30.8% on 5.6 attempts. February, 23.4% on 5.9 attempts. Jeez. So, yeah. So it, it, And he's dropped in March. He's only averaging 19.4 points a game. So it's pretty impressive that they've been able to keep winning, um, even with Darren Collison missing some time. Shout out to Corey Joseph uh, stepping up and leading the back, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm skeptical of how good they can be in the playoffs and they still have a tough stretch uh, down the rest of the regular season. They've picked up some big wins, you know, over Milwaukee and Philly of late. But uh, I'll be interested to see how they close out the season, whether they stay in the top four or um, if they drop out a little bit and lose out on home court. Yeah, that's. Uh, I still believe in the Cavs to, and believing in the Cavs this season is a treacherous thing to do. But I still believe the Cavs will end up with a three seed. Like the Pacers are very good and they're they're respectable. They're not to be sort of slept on, I guess. But uh, the upcoming schedule is not particularly easy for them. They have uh, Washington coming up uh, after the Raptors game tonight. They have the Lakers, who have played really well of late. I think they're like twenty and ten in the last thirty. New Orleans is super desperate. L.A. is super desperate. Miami's pretty good. Uh, I guess um, Golden State obviously they beat everybody uh, and then they finish the season with a th- 
you know, a, a, a Clippers, Denver, Golden State, Toronto stretch in the last couple part before finishing la- uh, the last two against Charlotte. Um, so it's not super easy for them, and they like they. If the shooting for Oladipo doesn't continue and, and, and it sort of continues to the, like the last two months kind of just continue to be what he is, which I don't think he is. I think he's somewhere in between the start of the year and, and this part of the season. But um, I think, yeah, the depth could be an issue for them. So I, I would still say that the Cavs are probably going to be the three seed if people are really worrying about the the how the, the whole thing is going to shake out with the Cavs and the, and the Pacers or whoever in the three seed. I know some people are projecting the Sixers to be the three seed. I don't know if I totally buy that either. I just think the Cavs are like... LeBron's going to play every game. He said, he said as much that he wants to play 82 games, weirdly enough. I don't know why, but um, like if LeBron's going to play every game, I'm going to take the Cavs to, to pull out enough wins to, to be the three seed. Um, anything particularly interesting about the matchup tonight against the Pacers? I think last time they had uh, Boyan Bogdanovich guard DeMar DeRozan. I don't know if that – I can't remember. The, when did these two teams even last play? I'm very woefully unprepared for this, but I don't really well, remember. Well, I remember Oladipo dropping 36 in that loss uh, they had at home. Right, um, right. So – but, but I mean, they're a great home team. They're 23-12 and 12 at home on the season. So yeah. uh, uh, not quite uh, as good as the Raptors, but uh, as good as any other team in the East at home anyway. Yeah. So um, I think – this is going to be an interesting matchup. You look at the Raptors with their wins on the road of late. If they can get out to a better start, of it, they're going to need that. I don't think you can. You want to fall up behind to this Pacers team and let them get their chests out a little bit. So um, a start's going to be important. It's going to be interesting to see uh, who takes on Oladipo now with uh, uh, OG back in the lineup. Mm-hmm. So I, that's another thing I'm going to be paying attention to. You know what's OG's mobility like, what's his shooting like in his first game back, um, you know, how how aggressive he is. So uh, that's going to be another thing to look forward to. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, the Raptors haven't played the Pacers since December 1st when they were 14-7. and seven. Since then, they are uh, a lot and not many. Uh, <laughs> I think that's their exact record since then. Um, yep. Yeah, they're really damn good, and they, they've kind of changed as a team, I think. The bench unit, I think, has kind of established itself maybe more than it did back then, although the last time they played, Jakob Pertl was 8 of 8 for 18 points, and uh, Fred Van Vliet was 5 of 9 for 11, and Norm Powell had 10 points on 4 of 8 shooting, um, so maybe some of the stuff will carry over. But Jonas Valanciunas was definitely not playing at the level he is uh, back when they played the Pacers those two times and lost that one game back in middle of November. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams have kind of morphed since then. I'm expecting the Raptors to win, really. Like, I just, uh, the Raptors at this point, I can't pick against them. They're just killing everybody. They're, they're just, and I don't see the win, the win streak really coming to an end, potentially until that Cleveland game on the second end of the back-to-back where the first half is in Orlando. Like, they just seem like they're kind of in a groove right now. And even if the starters don't play particularly well and, you know, they've been so much better with OG than they have been with Norm, assuming OG starts tonight, which maybe he doesn't, but I'm assuming he will uh, That now that he's uh, been ruled available for tonight. Uh, I, I just, I don't really see... 
a path to victory for Indiana with the way the Raptors have been playing. And maybe the, the, the Pacers, you know, they've been liable to get super hot from deep this season. They've, I mean, Corey Joseph started the season like 46% from three. Obviously, we mentioned Oladipo's start. That's kind of waned a little bit since then. Like that 37 mark right now for the team as a whole, it, it, it used to be much, much higher. Um, but like if they can get hot and do something like the Nets did in the first half uh, on Tuesday, maybe then we could see some sort of upset or by the Pacers. But I really think the Raptors are kind of at this level right now where it's going to take a lot to beat them. And uh, I, I don't know if the Pacers really scare me all that much. There's just not that much in terms of offensive weaponry outside of Oladipo and maybe Miles Turner to uh, really have me scared for this one. So I'm going to take the Raptors to win, I think. Uh, are you in agreement there? Uh, yeah, the, the only thing I'd probably be looking out for is uh, DeRozan. He's kind of been in a little bit of a funk since that Detroit game. Yeah, He's uh, what's he, 18 for 47 over the three games um, at about 15 points a game. So it'll be nice to have him get back on track in this one. Yeah, Raptors could probably use a big performance from him considering, you know, Oladipo's sort of, you know, here and there. So a big performance from him could really dictate that matchup and uh, give the Raptors an advantage. Yeah, and in fairness, like the three games since the Detroit game, the Houston one, I thought he was really good in. The Knicks game, like no one cared. <laughs> so I'll That's cut out some slack there. And the Nets game was just weird. And yeah, maybe. I thought DeMar played well in crunch time, had a couple nice possessions late to kind of seal it. So uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. He's had little funks this season where he's kind of gone into the, to the tank a little tiny bit. Like by his standards, like, like his new standard, he'll still have five assists in a game where he has eight points. But. Um, yeah, that, that's something to keep an eye on, definitely. And, you know, it's the first night of a back-to-back. If the Raptors can, I don't know, weather the storm tonight, maybe get a little fourth-quarter rest, that might be useful for the game against Dallas tomorrow. Do you think there's a chance they rest dudes against Dallas tomorrow, or, like, will the streak kind of keep them wanting to play everybody? I think they'll just keep playing everybody just because everyone's been getting their rest anyway, and I yeah. think it's a nice flow where everyone, the starters are getting you know, their 25 to 30 minutes and the bench comes in and does their thing. So I don't think you want to lose that rhythm. Um, I'd be very much against that, especially towards the end of the season, even if the number one seed is wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd rather just keep things sort of sta- status quo and just roll, just keep it rolling for as long as possible. Yeah, fair enough. Um, this should be an interesting game. It's, it'll be nice to have like a real competition after the last two games against the Nets and, and, and Knicks. The, the Pacers are definitely uh, an annoying team, and, they, and they've played really well this season. So uh, we will watch tonight with bated breath to see if the Raptors can extend their winning streak to 10 games. They're at their second longest winning streak of all time. It seems weird that they've never gone longer than that, like over this course of the last few years, that year where they won 56 games. I know they won and had an 11-game streak in that season, but like it always feels like whenever they get some sort of streak going, some dumb game happens. Maybe this mm-hmm. is that dumb game. Yeah, it's possible. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, kind of that, That's sort of the one thing that's missing from the resume this season, right? That big winning streak. You saw the Celtics have it. You saw the Rockets have it. The Warriors can sort of do it whenever they want to. Um, so yeah, if they can win this one against Indiana, then you probably the next big one you probably will get is the Sunday game against Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully uh, the Thunder have a, just a fun night out on Saturday. So. <laughs> yeah, well Patrick Patterson will know all the spots to take him too. So uh, yeah, take him out to Mississauga. <laughs> yeah, and then like you said, then there's the big game against Cleveland on Wednesday. So it's a bummer uh, that that one. 
Sorry to cut you off. It's a bummer that that oh. one's the second night of a back-to-back after the first it one is. is in Florida. Like, I want that game to mean something, and the Raptors will have a baked-in excuse for a loss there. Maybe Sunday evening just send Kyle and DeMar straight to Cleveland. <laughs> they should rest guys against Orlando, I think. They can beat Orlando without like, their best players. I think so. Orlando sucks a lot of ass. I mean, they beat the Bucks last night, but the Bucks might also suck. So uh, that, that might be a game where you start Malcolm Miller and Nigel Hayes. That would be beautiful. <laughs> I, I, that's a that's a three four combination of the future right there. I think it just that's a modern NBA three four combo. Um, one thing I am interested in tonight is to see how Valanciunas hangs with Miles Turner because that's kind of been a bugaboo for him in the past, but. JV's been much better lately in terms of dealing with all matchups, not just sort of rim-running bigs who he usually beats up on. Like, he's been good against everybody. So, uh, fascinating to see how his improvement on the defensive end translates into the Miles Turner matchup. Um, And, like, this is probably not a playoff matchup unless it's a second-round thing if the Pacers beat, like, the Wizards in the first round, potentially. Um, So, maybe there's not a whole lot to glean from this game. But uh, that's something I'm kind of interested in. That should be fun. Yeah, and with Valanciunas as well, like the big thing with him is now closing games. And uh, yeah. one thing that's caught my eye lately is the closing lineup of Van Vliet, Lowry, DeRozan, Ibaka, and Valanciunas. Yeah. And 80 minutes on the season now, they have an offensive rating of 127.6, defensive rating of 99.7, so it's a plus 27.9. Um, and I think the big thing for me is the advantage of having Valanciunas on the floor to close out defensive possessions. Mm-hmm. The rebound rate of that unit is at 59.3%, 86.3 on the defensive glass. So they're getting stops, and then you're not getting a second look, which is huge, especially when you're closing out games. Yeah. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, That's now their fifth most used lineup, so maybe something that Dwayne Casey's kind of counting on. Um, we've talked about this in the past, just the need to sort of cultivate some more lineup data to sort of see if it works in the playoffs. So uh, if that's something that Dwayne's comfortable with, like I'm okay with seeing a little bit more of that, but the the early returns in 80 minutes are pretty good. The fact that it's their fifth most used lineup in just 80 minutes is kind of insane. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, that's still, I think, of the last 15 or so games, that's kind of the, the priority for me is just to kind of get a look at everything even if you're not going to get an enormous sample on it I would rather get a, like a like a smaller sample look at a bunch of looks as opposed to just sort of narrowing down on one um, like I want to see CJ with the with the starters to, to close games at some point because I, I think that's going to be something that's useful I want to see Siakam and Ibaka Badly, I want to see Siakam and Ibaka. They haven't played a ton this season, uh, but there are a couple lineups where those guys are featured where they, they, they're really good in, like, eight-minute spurts, and it just makes a lot of sense, you know, on the court, just spatially, and in terms of, you know, those two guys can kind of rebound enough, I think, to get by, and the offense with the extra playmaking that Siakam provides and just, like, his ability to run, I think that could be kind of interesting. So 
Um, that's the lineup I'd like to see a little bit more. But yeah, the, this this should be the priority for the rest of the season. I think you know while this win streak is going, yeah, to like go for these wins if you want. But um, I would like to see some uh, some more lineup data sort of being spread out across a few more lineups that maybe have sort of been interesting so far this season. I mean, the Raptors, most of their most used lineups uh, outside of ones that feature Norman Powell have been significantly uh, positive this season. So maybe there's not a whole lot to really, a whole lot more to mind, but I wouldn't mind seeing a larger sample on some of these. Um, what else? Yeah, I agree with you. And I think well, one thing that's in a way a positive for the Raptors with sort of the small usage across those lineups is the fact that other teams don't really have much to go off of. Yeah. And Chauncey Billups on the jump made an interesting point yesterday when, you know, they were sort of making the case for the bench still continuing to get minutes in the postseason is other teams now, instead of scouting seven, eight guys, they've got to do it for 10, 11, 12 guys now, which makes it that much more work for them. Yeah. Makes it that much more difficult. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's funny when we talk about the usage and obviously the most frequently used lineup for the Raptors is the starting lineup with OG at the three. Uh, they're at 655 minutes and just for shits and giggles, I went and looked up the Minnesota Timberwolves and their starting lineup with Butler, who's missed all this time now, is at 1,086 minutes. <laughs> Good Lord. So... You know, Tibbs is out there doing his thing. Tibbs undefeated in running players into the ground. That's insane. Uh, what What do you make of Andrew Wiggins being upset about being the third guy? Um, it's disappointing to hear. I mean, you know, this is the first time he's actually experiencing winning. So yeah. maybe, just, you know, understand that you're a young player in the league that's getting to learn from a superstar like Jimmy Butler and playing with another guy who's really damn good in Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. So just enjoy the moment. I don't I don't get it. Like I don't get how you complain when you're winning. That's fair. Um, I will not hear any Andrew Wiggins slander. I, I I'm ready to just like block everyone who's talking shit about Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> He's like twenty three He's had like four different coaches, and his current coach is Tibbs, who is kind of an insane person. Um, and I'm not sure how good a coach Tibbs is anymore, to be honest. Um, yeah, no, it's. Yeah, I don't rate him. Yeah, he's like fine. Like his defense is kind of everyone's doing it now, so it's not like he's revolutionary anymore. Um, his offense has never really been all that you know, elegant by any means. The, the, the Wolves are kind of a chore to watch. And he overplays his players and runs them into the ground, and he signs people like Derrick Rose to come and play on his team. So uh, I don't know how much you can really judge. Like Wiggins is, I think his career trajectory would be so much different. It's a very uh, like situation based uh, disappointment. I think. Like I feel like if he's on you know twenty other teams in the league, he probably is at least you know a, a player that people aren't like actively calling a bust or anything like that. I think. You know he's he's probably showing signs of something, but like to have four different coaches and what this is his fifth fourth year, I guess. Yeah, no, yeah. three different coaches in four years, um, and to just be on like a disastrous team with a not very good roster. I I, I don't know. I, I I think Wiggins's career could have gone a whole lot differently, and still has a chance to go a whole lot differently. I mean, I feel like with the way Demar Derozan's playing this season, we should probably maybe learn to not judge guys when they're twenty three. 
because yep. uh, guys can are capable of growth beyond 23. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm still holding that hope that Wiggins can kind of figure it out, and maybe this is just like a little blip in the radar for him. Uh, I think it'd be kind of funny if the Wolves missed the playoffs, to be honest, just because uh, of the of the long ass streak and like it looking so great. And then obviously Butler getting hurt is not funny by any means, but the fact that that could just like be like the curse of the Wolves this season and for them to fall out, I think that would be kind of humorous. Um, but, like there's lots of pretty funny teams that could potentially miss the playoffs out west, though. So. Uh, I'm keeping tabs on that race. Um, one last thing I wanted to talk to you about today was yes. uh, Raptors fan arrogance and why there isn't more of it. Uh, I tweeted about this last night after everyone was like freaking out about you know the the playing against like the Pacers or, or playing against the the what the hell team am I talking about? The Cavs in the second round as opposed to the third round, and then people worrying about like the Bucks and the Heat at the bottom of the Eastern Conference standings and the playoffs, like. Raptors fans should just, like, kind of be feeling themselves a little bit more than they are, I think. I think the, you know, obviously the playoffs, you know, the issues of the past are there, but I think there are lots of reasons why this team is, a hundred, like, a very, very different team than it has been in the past, and there's lots of reasons for hope that the playoff offense is going to maintain itself. Uh, the defense is just freaking spectacular, and that should hold up pretty well in the playoffs as well. Um, I, I just, I don't understand the fear-mongering that's still going on. Everyone's, like, freaking out about the first round. This, everything about this season is pointing towards the Raptors being so much better than they have been in the past and so much more likely to just blaze through a first-round series, yet everyone's still like, oh, man, the Bucks are so scary. The Bucks kind of suck. They have no idea how to play basketball. Like, Giannis is fantastic. The rest of the team doesn't really know what it's doing. They have no identity on either end of the court anymore now that Jason Kidd's gone. Um, you know, Jason Kidd's defense was bad, but at least it was an identity. They don't have it anymore. Um, and their, their offense is a disaster, which and it's just like a, a grab bag of, like, crappy sets every time they come down the court. Um, Bucks fans absolutely loathe their team, and Raptors fans are still sitting there like, oh man, the Bucks are so scary. Like, I feel like Raptors fans should just be looking at all the data, looking at this season, looking at all the changes, embracing it, and just like dunking on other teams' fan bases because they're not the Raptors. I don't know. Uh, people need to be, I think, a little bit more arrogant about this team. What do you think? Oh, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I just want to make a point about the Bucks. Everyone got excited about them when Kid got fired and Prunty took over and they won nine out of. Out of- their 11 games. That schedule that. was ass. Yeah. yeah. They, they, beat, they beat Phoenix, they beat Brooklyn, they beat Chicago, they beat the Knicks, they beat Brooklyn, they, they played the Knicks again, they played the Magic, they beat the Hawks, so that wasn't anything, and then I, I've looked at their defensive rating since that sort of Hawks game, and they are at 23rd in the league, so um, and the only teams that they're better than are the Chicago Bulls, the Sacramento Kings, the Phoenix Suns, the Brooklyn Nets, the Charlotte Hornets, the New York Knicks, and the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Their defense is horrendous. And this is this is no criticism of Joe Prunty because you can't expect a guy to show up mid-season and completely change uh, their fortunes on one end of the floor. Um, usually when you change a guy you know, in, the, in mid-season, you're just trying to get a different voice in the locker room. Um, so... You know, they've got a lot of problems. Jabari Parker hasn't been what they'd hoped he'd be since returning from injury. Um, yeah, I, I get it. Giannis is the Greek freak. He is amazing. But um, I think we're past the stage. I know I know it's an old adage that, you know, the best player in a series can make a difference. But I think the Warriors have sh- sort of shifted the goalpost on that where mm-hmm. you, 
one guy can't do it anymore. Um, and you look at this Raptors team, the way they're built, and the depth that they have. DeRozan, you know, frankly, this season, he's right there with Giannis. And you look at Lowry at the point guard, you look at Ibaka and Valanciunas inside, and then you look at the bench. The Raptors should win that series fairly comfortably. Can Giannis oh, win a game or two on his own? Maybe, but I mean, if anything, if it, if it went beyond five or six, I'd be shocked. Yeah, I would probably take Raptors in five. Like, maybe Giannis steals one at home. Like, yeah. here's the thing is everyone's like, or I've had uh, Anthony Doyle, Raptors Twitter person, uh, tweeted at me yesterday. Like, I fear that, like, the, the Bucks are dangerous and Giannis could have a series where he becomes a superstar. That happened last year and it wasn't enough. Like, yeah. and now they have, like, even less identity. And I'm not sure how Jabari Parker fits into what they're doing. And they just don't seem to have that many good players on their roster. I know Malcolm Brogdon's hurt right now, but... They're just they they don't not very deep. Eric Bledsoe kind of hijacks the offense sometimes. It just takes really dumb shots, um, and there's like not that much three point shooting on the team. Chris Middleton's up and down. I think he's been really good this season, but like he's not you know as consistent as a guy like DeRozan or anything like that. Um, I, I just I, I don't see the Bucks as a real threat, and I honestly I'd rather see the Bucks in the playoffs than the Heat. Even though I think the Heat are probably a worse team than the Bucks, I would like to see the Bucks just because of the entertainment of Giannis. Like I'd like to be entertained while also going on an easy playoff run. I don't know. I, <laughs> it's because uh, the Heat are just a slog, and I don't really care. But their best player, as Blake Murphy said to me yesterday, their best player is their coach, which is not entertaining to watch whatsoever. Um, so yeah, I, I just like Raptors fans. I get the the worry about the Cavs, but also just like who cares when you play the Cavs? I. Like I would like to go on a deep playoff run. Deep playoff runs are fun to cover and watch, and having basketball into late May is excellent. But like, if it's going to be the second round for the Cavs, why the hell not? Just like it, this rarely ever happens where you have a team you can gloat about and feel yourself over. Um, and I just like Raptors fans should take advantage of the opportunity and stop worrying about what's gone on in the past because this is a very different team. Kyle Lowry is going to be healthy, knock on wood, going into the playoffs for the first time since like 2013-14. I mean, the, the Raptors have done a really good job of maintaining him. DeMar DeRozan's playing at just a level that we've never seen from him before in all facets of the game. Even defensively, he's kind of turned his act around, um, which was like, I think, maybe less likely than him shooting threes. Um, obviously, he's not an amazing three, uh, defensive player right now, but he's actually like putting in work and you know fighting against certain teams. And he was really good defensively against the Rockets, for example. Um, like he's actually showing some will on that end of the floor and just the way they're playing they've never played this way before we talked with Cooper Smither on Sunday uh, just about how advanced the playbook is compared to years past and how Cooper thinks it's going to be you know sustainable come playoff time like all the signs are pointing to this team being so far and away the best team of this run of the last five years Um, so like just Embrace it and stop fear-mongering over shitty bottom-of-the-playoff teams because they're not that good. And if you want to worry about the second round against the Cavs, fine. But, like, the Cavs are... Like, there's no way LeBron's looking at this Raptors team this season as the same pushover it was in the last two years. I just, I don't think that's possible. LeBron's too smart for that. And all of the data and evidence says that this Raptors team is just significantly better. So, gloat a bit. Just be arrogant on Twitter and, and with your friends and talking about the team because this team deserves it. They're excellent. Yeah, and, and after, that, after that, just enjoy the moment. Yeah, I mean, look at the Spurs right now. It's going to come to an end at some point. Mm-hmm. And you know, you don't want to look back and be like, oh, you know what? I, I was shitting on them when they were winning, and now we're back to losing. So um, this is a great time for the franchise. It's the best time in franchise history. You can't enjoy this. Um, 
love yourself, please. Yes. Um, and then beyond that, you talked about the data and the analytics. You look at the ball movement. Everything is exactly what you wanted coming into this season. If you look at the, the simple rating system, which is you know which weighs uh, the point differential against the strength of the schedule, the Raptors are eight point two six. That is more than double the team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. It is higher than any team that LeBron has had to deal with in his finals run in the East. Yeah. So this is by far the best team that you, you you've ever watched. Uh, where Raptors on the front. So just enjoy the moment. Have fun with it. Like I said, yesterday I was watching that Lakers game hoping the Lakers would win because <laughs> the Raptors actually have a shot at home court in the NBA Finals against the Warriors. Against the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> My whole thing yesterday was watching that really awful but still kind of fun Wizards-Celtics game. It was just like, these two teams are so much inferior to the Raptors. It's not even close. Like, these two teams are struggling for... And yes, the Celtics are missing, like, five guys. But the Celtics have sucked on offense all season long. Like, these two teams are struggling to find baskets and struggling to find shots. And Bradley Beal is having to do everything for the Wizards team. And this is what we used to watch with the Raptors. And watch DeMar DeRozan have to carry everything and go hero ball in fourth quarters. And sometimes he still does it, but... I think it's more controlled, and I think it's more designed, and also it's less necessary because they can spread it around and find Fred Van Vliet for a three in the corner, um, or, or or go to Lowry, or go to Jonas. Like it's everything about this team suggests that it's more sustainable come playoff time. So I I I, I get being scared about what's happened in the past, but everything is telling you that what's going to happen in the future is not going to be what happened in the past because this team just top to bottom is different and I think it's lazy to say this team has been bad in the playoffs in the past therefore it will be bad this year because it's an entirely different team from every facet of the game aside from the players uh, you know who make up the core of the team but the players themselves they've changed as well so um yeah just shit on Celtics fans and Wizards fans for having bad teams if you want uh and like just Feel confident because you're not going to get this opportunity often, and I, I think it's time for people to stop fear mongering over like first round playoff matchups. This is the one year where I think they're going to win a game one. Like I'm putting the money down. I don't have any money on me right now. I rarely have any money ever. Uh, the Raptors are winning a game one in the first round this season. Put bank on it, and if they don't, I'll do something. You guys, I'll let the people pick. <laughs> hey, you know what's cool about the Raptors bench? They don't care about the past because they weren't a part of it. No, not at all. This is, for them, they're going out there, and they do it every time they play. Even that Houston Rockets game where they closed out a lot of that fourth quarter. I mean, they didn't care that it was Chris Ball. Fred Van Vliet picked up Chris Ball full court <laughs> and pretty much forced an eight-second violation. Oh, it was a nine-second violation that didn't go called. Yeah, it just didn't get called. <laughs> it ended up being a fast-break uh, bucket for Siakam. Mm-hmm. So... They don't care who's in front of them. They are so determined. They've said this over and over over the course of the season that they've been tired of being overlooked. It happened before the season. Everyone thought Patrick Patterson, the plus-minus god, was gonna his absence was going to destroy that bench, and the Raptors were going to finish sixth in the East somehow. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, this is a really good team. This is the best team in the Eastern Conference. They're going to cruise cruise to 60 wins so yeah enjoy the good times I think that's uh, as good a place as any to end it Vivek thank you for being on board with me um, 
Stop being so scared, everybody. This team's excellent, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them down the stretch. Uh, where anything you want to plug right now? Um, yeah, I actually have a post that'll be going up at uh, one p.m. Uh, very shortly on Raptors Republic, and you know, I went to the last nine oh five game and had a chance to chat with Kennedy Meeks and just sort of went back over, you know, that awesome run he had with North Carolina and uh, kind of just ease up uh, March Madness a little bit. I, uh, I I wanted to sort of talk about this. I didn't do a bracket this year. I'm not going to watch the tournament because I'm sick of the NCAA being so gross. Um, and I'm the first time in my life I'm being principled. Uh, it feels great. No respect. It feels great to not have a bracket. It's it feels fantastic. Like I I, I used to like oh man, gotta get I gotta beat all my friends to show I'm smarter than my friends and stuff. But no no I, I I'm <laughs> I'm so psyched to not be part of a bracket. It's excellent. Um, and uh, excited to watch the Raptors tonight instead of NCAA basketball. I guess the, the games have already started. It's like 12.30 on Thursday. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so read that if you are interested in that kind of stuff, though, from Vivek. Kennedy Meeks is awesome, um, so you should definitely check that out. Uh, I... Yeah, it was fun because he's been, he's, been, he's been talking about how he's uh, been talking a whole bunch of smack in the locker room. <laughs> and it, the funny thing is uh, Jerry Stackhouse, who loves to talk, says... He doesn't even have to say anything because Meeks says enough for both of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Is North Carolina in the tournament this year? Uh, yes, they are. Oh, okay. They're on the top seats. Oh, so. all right. Cool. Um, all right. That, uh, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm not sure if there's going to be a podcast tomorrow because uh, I'm working at uh, McMaster for the volleyball championships, the national championships all weekend, and it's going to be like 10-hour days for the next three days for me. Um, so I'm not sure if we'll be able to squeeze in a podcast. I'll try to do it uh, if I have a window of time. Um, but if not, I'll be back again on Monday, and uh, we will tee up. We'll talk about the weekend, the Dallas and OKC games, and we'll tee up the week to come and uh, do some more fun stuff. It's been a good couple weeks for the podcast. So thanks, to everyone, for tuning in. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sean. Find the show, Lockdown Raptors, at Lockdown Raptors. Uh, you can go to the iTunes page, leave a rating and a review. Uh, and I would very much appreciate you doing that. It takes no time, and it's, uh, it's a wonderful thing for you to do. Uh, all right, Vivek, thanks for coming on, man. And we will talk to you next time on another episode of Lockdown Raptors. Cheers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.